Okay. We're reading from Isaiah 9, from verse 2, the well-known passage. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nations, you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the tramping warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. This is to um, surprise me that the story of Christmas and Bible stories and stories of wonder and stories that are supernatural and magical and children have no problem with it. Children remember the stories and tell the stories, you know, and you listen to these kids. And there's multiple videos you can find online where kids tell the stories. And they remember the details. They remember the important stuff. They remember that he was celebrated, that there was a party, and that it was someone really special that was born. So I thought that might be nice for us to see this morning. My name's Andrew. For those of you that don't know me, um, if you're here for the first time, it's great to see you here. Um, it's my privilege to be one of the leaders here and I get to pastor here and it's um, great to celebrate Christmas together, to get the family together for Christmas and um, just to remember, as Joel challenged us during the worship too, that you know, the King of Kings, that, that Jesus was born. And um, Jim's reading in, in Isaiah um, talks about that where long, 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 long ago, you know, this special baby, this King of Kings, this Prince of Peace was being pointed to. And you know, the world in, um, in the prophet Isaiah's day, the world was not a place of peace or harmony. It wasn't a place where uh, people could relax and where things were easy. They were struggling. It was, um, there was absolutely no peace and for sure there was no harmony in that world. It was a world of challenge, a dog-eat-dog. It was, it was tough. And for those that were recognized as the Jews or people that were God's people, that was tough for them. So the, and particularly here, you know, the, 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 the Jews and, and the nation of Israel had been taken into captive and free again and taken into captive and abused and free again. And boy, life had been a real struggle for them. So when, the word, when these words came out, when they, when they heard these words of the prophet Isaiah, that was good news, really good news. That was a signal that relief was coming and it was a sign of hope for them that even though things were miserable, you know, that the prophet was telling him that there was hope coming, that God really did have them in his heart. There would be a child that would be born. 
And he would be many, many things, but most of all, he'd be almighty God. And let's not forget those words in verse 7 if you, um, if you were reading along or if you've still got in front of you. Or it says, and of the peace, and of peace there will be no end. That was unimaginable for them. Of peace there would be no end. They could see no end to the misery. But this was someone saying there was this child that was going to be born, and there was going to be peace, and it wasn't going to finish. And even around the time of Jesus' birth, when Jesus was born, peace and harmony were sorely missing still. The Jewish people were increasingly oppressed and, and they were treated badly by the ruling nations. And even right then, Herod, the wicked king, he was busy. He'd heard a whisper that there might be a challenger to the throne. There might be someone that was trying to be the king and, and he was a king. So what do you do if you don't want any young man to grow up and take your throne? You kill them all. And so he went about and he'd heard that this king was going to be coming from the Jews, from God's people. So he went about killing all of the children and the kids and oppressing anyone that was considered one of God's people, the Jews, and reigning with terror. So there wasn't really much peace in Jesus' time either, was there? There wasn't really much harmony. People weren't singing around the, sitting around the campfire singing Kumbaya with each other. They were busy trying to survive. There was turmoil Right at the time Jesus was born, everyone had to up and leave and move back to where they came from. Julius Caesar, Caesar had said, we're going to have a census. I want to count everybody. I want to, you know, I want to, I want to know who's there and who they are and what they are. And you might know what a census is because we get to do them in Australia every now and then. And the Jews were thinking, surely there's something sinister going on here. This might be to discover where all the Jews are. We've got to go back to our birthplace. You know, if they get us all corralled in one area... And the fear that came with that. So you can imagine that peace and harmony were far from the minds of the people. And it had been 400 years since they'd heard anything from God, anything from a prophet to say, to remind them of this hope. But they held on to the promise that a saviour was coming. That a messiah was coming. That he was going to bring in a new kingdom, a new rule. One they would, where they would no longer be the underdogs. There would be this new kingdom. But waiting is hard, isn't it? Being expectant is tough. Can you imagine as parents would tell the stories, to the, you know, as parents would tell the stories of Isaiah, the prophecy, they would tell the stories to their kids that, can you imagine that maybe even they themselves wondered whether it was still true? Whether it was still going to happen? You know, whether they were selling their kids up the, up the river, that they were, you know, it was all fairy tale? Can you imagine them wondering whether, is this ever going to happen? But there was the promise, wasn't there? And more recently, there'd been whispers of hope. An angel visits a virgin and says that she's going to give birth to the Messiah, to a really special baby. Elizabeth hears it, the, the, um, the relative of Mary, and she, she rushes up and she sees Mary and the baby jumps in her womb. There was whispers of hope. There was something happening anticipation. Joseph finds out, a bit dubious at first, we saw that on the video, didn't we? He just looked really a bit stunned, really? But then he's told by the angel, no, this is the real deal. This is Jesus. This is the Messiah. This is the Saviour. And maybe there were whispers because, you know, gossip, you know how gossip works? Of course, you don't know how gossip works. Let me explain to you how gossip works. 
you know, there, there would have, it wouldn't have just been Mary and Elizabeth. And it's, the Bible says, you know, she kept it close to her. But people would have talked. I mean, how do you hide that? You know, there, there, would, have been, there would have been talk that, is it true? Is the, prophe- the prophecies, is it true? There were whispers all over, perhaps. Could it be? Is peace coming? Everyone is on alert. Is our saviour, the promised prince of peace, really coming? And now, with all that anticipation, with all that history, now you kind of understand why the shepherds got so excited, don't you? When they saw the angel and the great light, you can understand why they got excited. They didn't get excited with every baby being born, but now you can understand why they got excited. I wanted to read the bit where, where the... Um, so we've got another slide. We'll read the bit where the shepherds... Um, uh, were watching over their flocks. In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. The angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You'll find the baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom he's pleased, with whom he's pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has made known to us. You can imagine they got the news, you know, the angel, they get, they get scared. The angel says, no, this is it. This is the one. This is the one that the whispers have been about. And he's been born and you'll find him over there in a manger, wrapped in. Can you imagine sitting there looking and thinking, oh, nice. No, let's go. Let's check it out. I mean, what do you do? You, let's go and check it out. They're excited. You get excited when you're expectant. When you're waiting for something to happen and it happens, you get excited. You know, you're sort of trembling beforehand. It's like a kid at Christmas. How many kids were excited last night? Or how many parents had to get out of bed really early this morning? Yeah, right. Kids get excited and they jump around. And when I was talk, thinking about this a little bit more yesterday, I can remember our daughter, Kelsey, when she was really little. She was um, quite the excitable kid. And at school, they would have a visit from in Holland. They don't have Santa Claus. They have Santa Claus. And he comes a little bit early. And the kids all sit around. And he's going to rock up in his whatever he rocks up in. I'm not sure what he comes in, a cart or something like that. And we've got a little video. And I wished I could have found it and showed you. All the kids are sitting around. And all the kids are really excited. And they're all sitting waiting except for one kid. Kelsey, she just could not. She was just beyond excited. And yesterday we get this little video of Judah got his first, our grandson got his first pedal bike. You know, and, he sa- and Kelsey wrote, oh, he's beyond excited. And I said, wonder where he gets that from. You know, kids get excited when they're expectant. They get really bouncy. And can you imagine the 400 years and, and all this expectation? They got excited. Let's go. You get excited when you're expectant. And then the wise men, they see the light. It must have been a special light because they dropped what they were doing and they went in search for him, following the light. And it was a bit of a journey, according to some of the stories. And they were wise men. They weren't silly men. Notice how it says wise men? They were wise men. So they didn't do anything foolish. They knew that this was, ex- this was special. They knew that this was worth going for. They knew that this was worth, this child was worth going to visit and to bring a gift. They knew this baby was special. Hmm. 
the deep desire of peace and the dream of harmony was alive and well in them. And now they see it in the form of a baby that's come. This baby was a fulfillment of the prophecy that we read this morning of Isaiah, a child that will bring peace to them and peace to the nation of Israel. Must have been huge for them. And you just get a little bit of a taste of what what it must have been like for them when you understand the context of what they were living in. But okay, that was then. That's a great story. We celebrate it every year. God was amazingly gracious to his people to send his son in the form of a baby. But what about us? What about you? What about me? Our world is also not really as it should be right now all the time, is it? We don't need to look far to see that there's a huge lack of peace. You know, Joel put up just four or five prayer points this morning and and he could have put up four or five slides full of prayer points if he really wanted to. We don't need to look far to see that there's a lack of peace in many parts of the world. And it doesn't exclude our own nation. Our own nation suffers with a lack of peace. Perhaps even closer to home in our families or in your social settings. Maybe even in your own heart, there's a lack of peace or harmony. You know, we all have times like that too. Whether we're followers of Jesus or you're not, it's pretty universal to long for peace, isn't it? It doesn't matter if you're a Christian or not. It's pretty universal. It's pretty normal to long for and to want peace. To want it in our own lives to want it in our, in our world and in our, in our friends, in our family. You know, we, we see outrage and concern in the media when somewhere in the world where there's a lack of peace or worldwide governments um, get, rise up at violence or any oppression or injustice. And we feel all that too and, and we see it and we feel it as well. All of us, we, all of us want peace and harmony in our lives, but also in our world. We're no different to the people back then. We long for it. We want it. We want to know that peace. Well, the mission of this baby Christ was to bring peace to the world. You know, God longed to transform our chaotic and hateful world into a world filled with peace and love. And referring to Jesus as The Prince of Peace spoke to his mission. It talks about the mission of Christ, that he would be the one to finally bring peace to the world. So then why do we still experience a lack of peace in the world and even in our own lives? Well, Jesus grew up. He didn't stay a baby. He grew up to show us the best way to live, the better choices to make. But so often we think we know better. We can do it better. And um, we don't really want to live the way that this Jesus who grew up to show us and help us to understand how we would best thrive. We don't really want to live like that. He showed us how to treat our fellow human. He taught us to make him our example and our leader, that following him would actually be best for us, but we haven't really wanted that historically. We don't choose to live the way that he told us because we know better. And we think that we can do a better job of it than he can. And so we don't recognize him as our Prince of Peace. When Christmas comes around, we love to talk about our Prince of Peace. We love all the warm, fuzzy feelings that come with Christmas and family and and Jesus and a baby and oh, how cute. 
And we love the wonderful story, and it is a wonderful story. And we're happy to sing about the Prince of Peace, the wonderful counsellor. But actually, we don't really want him as our Prince of Peace. And so we don't experience peace. But we need to be reminded today that apart from him, there is no peace. Without Jesus, we're always going to be searching. We're always going to be looking. You're always going to be not right there yet. Prior to Jesus, the world was far from peaceful. And while we don't have peace yet, in terms of our world, what we do have is hope. Those of us that know Jesus, we have hope. I love how Isaiah speaks of Jesus' ever-increasing kingdom, doesn't he? Because the truth is that his kingdom is always growing. It's always expanding. God's love and his peace are spreading through the entire world. Light is reaching dark places. And it's amazing how we get to be part of that when we make him our Prince of Peace. We don't have to resign ourselves to a world of chaos. Because today we celebrate the fact that a child was born that would change the course of history and he's still doing it today. He seriously is. He's changing the course of history for individuals right here in, in Australia and Melbourne. He's changing the course of nations. He's changing the course of families. He's still doing that Prince of Peace work, that wonderful work in so many lives today. This child came to change the course of your history too, if you'll let him. This Christmas, let the love of God through the gift of his son Jesus into your heart and into your life if you haven't done that already. Maybe it's the first time, and, but even for those of, of us that have known him for a long time, this Christmas, let that Prince of Peace come in. You know, I've been walking with Jesus for so many years, but I can tell you that there are seasons in my life where I don't have peace either. Where I really need to see that Prince of Peace, where I need to surrender to that Prince of Peace because I think I can do it better as well. Let him come with peace and harmony afresh today. I want to finish with a quote that I read from John Calvin. Now, if you know John Calvin, if you read his quotes, every third word I had no idea what it meant. So I've worked it out and I've simplified it a little bit for you, but I want to put it up there because I want it, it's, it's wonderful, it's amazing, it's profound. So have a read of this with me. This is what he said. Whenever trouble arises and there's no option to escape, whenever it appears to us that everything is in a ruinous condition, let us remember that Christ is called wonderful because he has inconceivable methods of helping us and because his power is far beyond our imagination. When we need counsel, let us remember that he is the counsellor. When we need strength, let us remember that he is mighty and strong. When we are tossed around by inward storms and when Satan tries to disturb our consciences, let us remember that Christ is the Prince of Peace, that it's easy for him to quickly allay our uneasy feelings. These truths about Christ will build our faith more and more and strengthen us against Satan and hell. Those are amazing words of truth. John Calvin uses the words that Isaiah the prophet used, that he was a wonderful counsellor, mighty God, prince of peace. And he really is those things. They're not just superlatives or names. They actually equate to something in our lives and the lives of the world. That he truly is wonderful, that he truly is mighty and strong, that he is the counsellor, 
that he does care and that he is the Prince of Peace. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, we celebrate you today. We celebrate your birthday. We celebrate the day that you came. And we celebrate it because it's good news for us. It's great news for us. It's news that reminds us that we don't need to continue to try to do it by ourselves all the time. That we don't need to try to intellectualize and think that we are smarter and better and able to run our lives better. But that you came to bring peace into our lives. That you came so that we could surrender to someone that knows better than we do. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you didn't just come to do that for us individually, but you saw our world and you came to change our world. Lord, thank you that even though there are many in the world right now that are struggling, that are hungry, that are oppressed, deep in their hearts, they know the Prince of Peace. They know you. And in some incredible way, you bring peace into their hearts. And we thank you for that. We thank you for the hope that you bring to a world that needs it so much. We thank you that you've not left us behind to sort it out for ourselves. And we thank you that you've given us people that surround us, a church family, families, people that remind us that you are good. And I pray that we would be able to celebrate that today, that you are indeed good. Lord God, I pray that... um, For those of us that don't know you or are not walking with you or finding it difficult to understand, I pray that the Prince of Peace would come, that you would come as Prince of Peace today and show us what it means to belong to you. For those of of us that have been walking with you for a long time, Lord, I pray that you'd remind us that we belong to you and that you came for us, that you came for every human being, that you were driven by a passion and a motivation called love. And we thank you for your love in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to finish with a, a couple of carols and, and then we're... Um, yeah, then I'm guessing we're all excited about heading off to what's on for the rest of the, uh, the day and uh, the days ahead. But I just want to... There's, there's, there's two verses or two or three verses of blessing here that I want... Just If you can stand up, I just want to read these words... For each one of us. You know, we come out to the end of the year. And, you know, some of us are going on holidays. Some of us are glad this year's passed and looking forward to the next year and wondering, you know, what's going to come next year. Um, Let these words be a comfort to you. And the words in Numbers, they say, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. I used to wonder as a kid what that meant. That just means that God looks at you like a child, well, like a mother looks at a child or a father looks at a child and just is full of love. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen? Amen.